3: WNYC Studios.
1: To SciShow Tangents, the lightly competitive knowledge showcase starring some of the geniuses that make the YouTube series SciShow happen this week. As always, I'm joined by Stefan Chin. <laughs> What's up? I don't know. I, I got to be totally honest with you. I started off really strong there, but that's as, fa- that's as much as I, I got. I started that's out it. at a 10, and I have nowhere else to go to. <laughs> Stefan, what sport did you play in high school? <laughs> uh, well, I played
3: the bench for a football team
1: Uh, yeah (laughs) Uh, all right stefan what's your tagline uh hop hop hopping away i love it sam schultz is also here as well
0: what's your favorite cheech and chong movie i've never seen any of them so i don't i was just thinking about chong last night i don't know why they both seem like pretty nice guys to me what's your tagline it's too nice outside to be podcasting (laughs) Sorry about mm-hmm. that. We should all be doing it outside. <laughs> Sarah, e. Riley, how
1: are you doing?
2: I'm okay. Also wishing I was outside and not in a blanket for it full of bugs. I want outside <laughs> bugs.
1: <laughs> yeah. Sarah, do you have a favorite pair of pants?
2: Yes, I have these pair of black sweatpants that have, I don't know, elastic around the ankles and have really, really (laughs) deep pockets. And they have a hole in the Mm. side or they're starting to get a hole in the side. And I need to mend it because I can never let these big, comfy sweatpants go.
0: I think elastic around the ankles is the number one key thing for a good pair of sweatpants. (laughs) I don't like a floppy bottom on my sweatpants. Yeah, Yeah, I
2: want to like hike them up because I need to do something with my feet. I don't know, like walk Mm -hmm. into the ocean uh, (laughs) Then I can.
1: (laughs) Sarah, what's your tagline?
2: Fortified.
1: Ooh. Nice. And I'm Hank Green, and my tagline is Princess Leia's Magical Mystery Mansion. Ooh. I'd go there. Oh, that sounds like a, it sounds yeah, spooky to me. You could play board absolutely. games or something. Oh, God, that'd be fun. <laughs> with Princess Leia. <laughs> Every week here on SciShow Tangents, we get together to try to one-up a maze and delight each other with science facts. We're playing for glory, but we're also keeping score and awarding sand bucks from week to week. Now, we do everything we can to stay on topic, but judging by previous conversations, we won't be great at that. So if the team deems a tangent unworthy, we will force you to give up one of your sand bucks. So tangent with care. Now, as always, we introduce this week's topic with the traditional science. science. Science Poem, this week from Stefan.
3: Combinations of things with pluses and minuses. Ionic assemblies for rinsing your sinuses. Used to make your food tasty or for food preservation. Used to energize some batteries and on the rims of tequila-based libations. Salt helps keep things right in my cells. Not enough sodium and they'll start to swell. But a dash of strontium chloride will redden the flames. A pinch of sodium bisulfate is what this pool contains. They're in the soils of Mars, but Mark still grew a potato. And you can use <laughs> to make homemade Play Doh, clearing icy roads and maybe raising my blood pressure. Anions and cations do so many things once they're together. Oh,
1: yes. <laughs> wow. That was, really that was good. a very Stefan <laughs> rhyme scheme. I love it. You have no regard for syllables, and I love it. No, I don't follow those rules. So, our topic for the day is salt, and you didn't just stick with table salt, which is what we oh, generally no. call salt, but you were also talking about salts generally which are just ionic compounds, mm-hmm. of which there are many, 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 and some of them are, well, really just one of them is delicious. No, the lead one is super tasty. That's There's why There's two
0: that are delicious, right? right. <laughs> oh,
3: yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Sweet but deadly. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, but there are many, many salts. Sari, I guess I should let you tell me what salt is.
2: I mean, you already kind of told me what salt is. I kind is. of did <laughs> it. I'm sorry. No, I got that's distracted. okay. You're a chemistry man, so... You can do it. Uh, Sodium chloride is the one that we eat. So that's in table Table salt. salt. Mm -hmm. It's also the one that we sprinkle on the roads. So it's rock Mm. salt as well. I think the most common one. So if you're like, I have salt, people are usually referring to (laughs) sodium chloride. It's what's in the ocean and makes the ocean the most salty, even though there are other ionic compounds in the ocean. Salt is important for the human body, like Stefan mentioned. You need sodium ions for action potentials in nerve cells, so they help with the electrical impulses that let you move or feel things or send signals to your brain. And they help with osmotic regulation, which is the swelling of cells. Stefan basically covered it too in his poem.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So the, the basics of salts are ionic compounds are, like ions are an atom, but they are charged. And an ionic compound is when two charged atoms, so these ions, Uh, have opposite charge, and they stick together because of that. Um, So they're basically, in a normal molecule, you're sharing electrons. In an ionic compound, it's just like these two atoms... You shouldn't even call them atoms because if they are charged, they aren't anymore and they are ions. So these two ions have opposite charge and they stick together because of that. They aren't even sharing electrons. They're just sort of like stuck together. And that's why when you put them in solution, they often can dissolve really easily because the two ions actually dissociate and they're sort of floating around in there separately. Um, And then when you evaporate the water away, they jam back up together again. But you can't like suddenly take all the sodiums out and just leave the chlorines behind because they are sort of dependent on each other for their existence. Mm -hmm. You can do that, but it becomes a big problem.
2: And just one little asterisk, ions can be polyatomic, so they can have more than one atom um, in them. So like a sulfate ion, for Mm -hmm. example.
1: All right, it's time now for (laughs) One of our panelists, it's Sam this week, has prepared three science facts for our education and enjoyment. But two of those facts are fake and only one of them is real. We have to figure out which is the true fact. And if we do, we get a buck. If not, Sam gets the buck. Sam,
0: what are your facts? All right. These are three accidents related to salt that highlight the folly of man's hubris. (laughs) Great. (laughs) (laughs) Number one. An oil drilling operation in a lake in Louisiana accidentally breached a salt mine beneath the lake, causing a massive whirlpool that swallowed the drilling equipment along with several boats, huge chunks of the shoreline, and basically the entire lake. Two, a research boat studying a newly discovered species of starfish living off the coast of Greenland hit a patch of sea ice, which released a bunch of super-cooled, super-salty brine water that was too cold to freeze, but froze all the water around it as it sank, eventually settling on and freezing most of the starfish colony they were studying to death. (laughs) (laughs) Or number three, inspired by the concept of ice hotels, an entrepreneur in Bolivia built a hotel made of blocks of salt at Salar de... Uyuni, the world's largest salt flat. Unfortunately, climate change has increased rainfall in the region dramatically, and by the end of 2017, the hotel had almost melted down to its foundation.
1: Oh. Okay, we've got three facts here. One, an oil drilling operation in a lake in Louisiana accidentally breached an old salt mine beneath the lake, causing a massive whirlpool that swallowed the drilling equipment along with several boats and a lot of the shoreline. Two, a research boat studying a new starfish hit a patch
0: of... Wait, what did it do? It hit a patch of sea ice, which which shook out a bunch of briny water. Okay. That water was cold, but didn't freeze because it was so
1: briny, and it sank and all the water around it froze, and that killed all the starfish. Yeah. That's very good. (laughs) Or number three, just like Ice Hotels, an entrepreneur in Bolivia built a salt hotel. Unfortunately, it got rained on a bunch and (laughs) And it uh, had almost melted down by 2017. Boy, all those seem really, really real to me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like the salt hotel is a little
3: bit too much hubris for me <laughs> <laughs> like i don't know even uh, like it rains everywhere even not in, the desert. in a salt flat there's really? lots of like deserty
1: salt flats yeah mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. and ice hotels exist as well and That's so i true. could totally see someone building a salt hotel with the idea in mind that they'd have to patch it up every once in a while just yeah. not that they have yeah. it completely dissolved <laughs> because it's raining too much instead of just once in a Blue moon.
1: I know that this thing happens where they're the way that they get salt out of the ground sometimes. I find this fascinating, is instead of digging it out they will pump hot water down into the salty area and it will dissolve the salt that's under underwater and then they pump out the salty water and then they evaporate it because it's like mm. so super saline. And then, but what's left behind is this giant empty cavern and I know that this happens in the southern US and I know that if you puncture that salty cavern like, <laughs> shit's going down. Literally. <laughs> and, like, I know that that's a thing. I don't know if this specific thing is a thing. Uh, and then we got this boat that killed all the Starfish. And I don't know if this is possible, but like, it seems so cool that I want it to be. Not that I want the starfish to die, because they are apparently newly discovered rare species of starfish, but. I want it to be real because it, because it's so weird mm-hmm. and also the hubris of man. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I've definitely heard of brine pools before, and I know that they are these super salty pools essentially at the bottom of the ocean that if fish mm. go into mm-hmm. them, they experience toxic shock because it's yeah. so radically different. So they definitely can kill organisms and especially if salty water just went on starfish it's not like they can swim out of the way very quickly Mm -hmm. all that to say it seems plausible they all seem plausible (laughs) all right i'm gonna go for the
1: starfish and i can't exactly explain why it's still it's real good i want to learn more about it that one smells the fishiest to me (laughs) Oh, wow. I'm going to go
3: with the salt hotel. (laughs) Okay.
2: I guess I'll split it out because I truly have no idea. I will go with the lake hole.
0: Okay, lake hole. Okay. You ready for the answer? (laughs) Sam's got a guaranteed two points. (laughs) The right answer is the lake hole.
1: No! I knew it was a thing.
0: It was a different lake hole. I thought for (laughs) sure a southern boy like you would have known about this one. So in 1980, an oil rig was doing exploratory drilling in Lake Payneur in Louisiana, and it accidentally pierced the underground crystal diamond salt mine with a 14-inch drill. So water started pouring into the hole and dissolving the interior of the salt mine, which some of it was held up by... Um, pillars of salt basically that they had just carved out to keep Mm. the thing supported. So the Mm -hmm. mine collapsed and the hole got way bigger than 14 inches and a whirlpool formed at the surface of the lake that sucked in the entire drilling platform, 11 barges, a tugboat, and tons of dirt from the shore of the lake. And within like three hours, the whole lake had drained into the mine. And then a 400 foot (gasps) geyser shot out of the hole because of the compressed air. And then the hole caught on fire because there was a natural (laughs) gas leak because there were natural (laughs) gas lines under the lake too. Um, Then the flow of a nearby canal reversed and water from the Gulf of Mexico started filling the lake bed and it made a 150-foot waterfall. It was the tallest waterfall in Louisiana that's ever existed like in recorded (laughs) history. So then it went from an 11-foot deep freshwater lake to a 1,300-foot deep saltwater lake. In <laughs> this whole thing, nobody died. They eva- It happened so slow that oh. they evacuated everybody, but they just couldn't get all the boats out. Oh, so man. they had to get sucked oh, yeah. in. Um And the oil company paid the salt mine $45 million. I don't think they paid anybody else any other stuff, and that was that.
1: Was the salt mine operating at that point?
0: Yeah, it, yeah. Wow, I think that was an abandoned part of the mine. Like that was an older part, but it was operational. Yeah, so a whole a whole lake, Uh, and but and no starfish died. So well, okay, (laughs) that's not entirely true. I'm going to send you a video in a second. Starfish are dying out there. Um, just not both. Both aren't making it Every happen. day a starfish dies. So brineicles uh, are underwater icicles that are formed by brine water leaking out from sea ice. Um, it just kind of naturally wow, comes out cool. of the ice. So the water sinks and it freezes the less salty water around it. Um, and it forms a tube of ice that reaches from the sea ice down to the floor of the ocean. It can't go too far and it can't be too like choppy of water, so they don't happen very often.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: this video in particular shows it falling onto a colony of starfish and freezing them.
1: Off. It really does.
0: It just was and not And they do, and they do not survive. No. So so the brinicle is made of salt? It's made of the the super cold water falls down and freezes oh, okay. in a tu- uh, freezes a uh. tube of just the less salty uh ocean water around it
1: ah that's so cool i'm sorry to all the starfish but wow that is awesome (laughs) and this video is ridiculously good yeah that's a fantastic video we'll we'll put it up at scishowtangents.org
0: and then the Salar de uyuni in bolivia is the largest salt flat in the world and Mm -hmm. it's home to in fact several salt hotels um but none of them have melted away due to rainfall (laughs) <laughs> um, the first one was built in the like exact middle of the salt flat, uh, and it had to be abandoned after 10 years because they didn't have a way to get all the poop uh, away from the hotel. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> they forgot about that part. So oh. eventually there was 10 years Whoa. worth of poop, and they had to get out of
1: there. Just dig, all, dig a deeper hole, you're fine. <laughs> well. All right, Sam, congratulations. Sari, congratulations to you as well. Well, next up, we're going to take a short break, and then the fact off.
2: Cancel unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash tangents. That's rocketmoney.com slash tangents. Rocketmoney.com slash T-A-N-G-E-N-T-S. Slash Tangents is brought to you by Manukora Honey. Miriam Webster defines honey as a sweet, viscid material elaborated out of nectar of flowers in the honey sack of various bees. Oh, and that's I all good and out. fine, but old Miriam and <laughs> Webster... <laughs>
1: Ain't just your average boring dictionary defined honey. It's special honey. I know this firsthand. Uh, they sent us a jar, a uh, squeeze bottle, and some honey sticks, and we've been sharing them around the office of their MGO eight hundred and fifty plus, their best selling honey. It's not the same. <laughs> it's not what you're thinking of when you think of honey. Look, have you ever think to yourself if like Welcome back, everybody. Sam Buck totals. Stefan and Sari have one. Sam has two. And I'm coming in as last with zero. Absolutely <laughs> nothing so far. But we'll see if I can get claw back some amount of credibility here in the Fact Off. Two panelists have brought science facts to present to the others in an attempt to blow their minds. You guys each have a Sam Buck to award to the fact that you like the most. Or you could just throw it away, because that's not very nice. And to decide who goes first, I hear there is a trivia question. The open ocean has a salinity of 3.5%, or 35
3: Mm. grams per liter of water. What is the salinity of the Dead Sea?
1: Ooh. I will say 7.9%.
2: I'm going to say 10.2%.
1: Okay.
3: The answer is 33.7. Oh, whoa.
2: It's
1: <gasps> oh, very salty. Holy moly. Oh, I had no idea. That is salty. <laughs> Don't put that in your mouth. <laughs> so, Sari wins.
2: Oh. Sari I wins. Guess what do you I want win. to do with that You were
3: slightly closer.
2: Uh, I will go first. Okay. So coconut water is that clear liquid inside of coconuts that's getting boxed up for commercially using purposes now. Um, And it Mm -hmm. seems like another health fad because people are making all sorts of health claims about it. And it does have sugars and vitamins and ions like sodium and potassium in it, which make it almost like a sports drink. But supposedly during World War II, when medical supplies were scarce, both British and Japanese soldiers used coconut water for an emergency treatment as a saline substitute that they would inject into their veins for rehydration
1: so like an iv drip mm-hmm. but and of then just like hang water. a coconut
2: from instead of a bag and, <laughs> yeah. and have the water yeah, so yeah. straight into you um and there's a one published study of one man who had it successfully used in an emergency on the solomon islands and this is because when people get severely dehydrated or lose blood doctors can use intravenous therapy to get fluid back in the body it doesn't replace all the functions of plasma and the lost blood but just having hydration is really important and I so, keep IV all therapy, those blood vessels
1: filled up with stuff.
2: Yeah, filled up with stuff that's at a similar salinity to blood. So you still have the saltiness in there and you still mm-hmm. have all the things in salts that help your cells function in addition to the fluid volume. And like we mentioned in the definition section, our cells need ions like sodium for basic chemical functions um, like nerve firing. So in a pinch... These reports, mostly just anecdotal, say that coconut water can be used to replenish those compounds, rehydrate, and survive. It's similar enough to blood that it won't cause a negative reaction. (sighs) And scientists who reflect on this nowadays mostly just in interviews, say this is probably pretty dangerous because coconut water doesn't have the right balance of chemicals, unlike carefully made saline solutions. Um, It doesn't have enough sodium and has too much calcium and potassium, which could throw off our cellular systems. So it's definitely not a replacement for plasma or blood if better things are available, but it may do in a pinch if you're in an emergency situation and need some IV Mm. drip. (laughs)
1: <laughs> but there was a person recently who actually did this in the Solomon Islands, and why? I
2: think it was someone who was on pretty normal medical treatment, like trying to be rehydrated, maybe had gone through some surgeries, but the hospital that they were at ran out of saline solution. And so the doctors were like, well, we've been treating this patient for a while, and We are waiting two days to get any saline solution delivered. What should we do? And then they were like, coconut. And so there's a picture of a coconut as an (laughs) IV in this paper. (laughs) All
1: right. I guess that means that it's my turn, everybody. So if you wanted to figure out how high up in the air a satellite was, because that's really important sometimes, like, for example, if you're trying to measure polar ice caps and how much they are shrinking or lowering, you really want to know exactly how up your satellite is. And what if you wanted to do that, but you wanted to use salt to do it? Well, (laughs) my friends, it's possible. So when you're trying to calibrate the height of your satellite, you wanna like shine basically a laser uh, onto something shiny and flat. Uh, So you know exactly what the level is and you know how shiny it is. And usually we use the oceans for this because the oceans are fairly flat and they're fairly shiny. And they're everywhere. So that's nice. The, the oceans do have that going for them. They're almost the majority of the planet. But two things. One, the ocean actually isn't that flat. So one, there are waves. Sometimes there are big waves. Two, there are tides. Uh, we sort of know where the tides are, but like we don't know exactly what they're going to be And so, yeah, the the sea level, which we think of as a a constant thing, is not actually constant. It changes, and that's what tides are. In the 2000s, NASA wanted to find an alternative to calibrate the Ice Cloud and Land Evaluation Satellite, or ICESAT, which measures changes in ice sheet elevation in Antarctica and Greenland. And for this purpose, it's really important to have extremely accurate measurements. So they needed something very static that didn't have a lot of clouds above it. This is also a problem. You can usually find some ocean that Doesn't have clouds, but someplace specific you want to make sure there's not clouds, and also that's bright and shiny enough to reflect the laser. And where was it? It's the Salar de Uyuni in Bolivia. Everybody, it's back. It's back. They
3: use the salt hotels.
1: (laughs) So uh, many, many, many millennia ago, this area was covered by a lake called Lago Minchin. Around 15,000 years ago, that lake started shrinking and the water evaporated, leaving behind thick crusts of halite or salt. It can get more than 10 meters thick, so that's why you can carve a hotel block out of it. <laughs> uh, the salt flat is not only super cool to look at, it also turns out it's great for calibrating your satellites. Uh, and it's even more helpful because this salt flat is extremely flat. So the area gets rain between December and March. So this is a thing. It actually gets rained on. And when that water comes in and mixes with the salt and then evaporates away again, the salty surface uh, gets left behind a super physically homogeneous. Structure. Uh, it's one of the flattest surfaces on Earth. Over an area of nine thousand square kilometers, there's less than one meter of mm-hmm. elevation change. So, using trucks uh, equipped with GPS antennas, scientists were able to measure out the topography of the Salar de Uyuni, make their calibrations about five times better than using the ocean as a calibration tool. Wow! But it has to be able to see Bolivia. Yeah, it has to be able to fly over Bolivia Some, sometimes. Okay. Yeah, so it's got to it's gotta go over there every once in a while, be like, I'm going to head over to Bolivia, be right back, and then come <laughs> back. No, I, I imagine the orbit is set up so that it, it hits that every once in a while.
2: They should include that in the salt hotel marketing. Please don't lick the hotel. You might throw off the satellites. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, one of
1: the problems that both the hotels and the... Uh, you know, the entire area has is that the salt flat contains around 50 to 70% potentially of the world's entire supply of lithium. Uh, lithium has become more important recently because of batteries. And so everybody's got their eye on the salt because it could be super, <laughs> super useful. And uh, the, the sort of electrification of the entire transportation infrastructure that may be coming in the next few decades. So you guys have to vote for either Sari with, uh, during World War II, people using coconut water from coconuts as a saline drip into their veins, uh, but it's probably not as good as, you know, not modern medicine. Or you have mine, where they are calibrating the altitude of a satellite using a really, really big, flat, white thing that is uh, <laughs> basically 9,000 square kilometers of salt. Okay. I think I'm ready. Mm-hmm. All right. Three, two... One Siri. Ah, I got a point. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> ah.
3: <laughs> I just think Sari's fact might save my life one day.
0: Oh,
2: that is a good gonna like keep
1: point. coconuts on hand now just in case.
0: Uh-huh. What's gonna save uh-huh. your life Add
2: more? Add that to your survivalist bunker. <laughs> yeah.
1: It, like this is my whole thing with survivalism. What's gonna save your life more? The potential that someday you will be in need of rehydration where there are coconuts, or two, <laughs> being able to maybe invest in in a salt flat futures that's gonna make you billions. That's
0: billions, billions. <laughs> you can get as much human blood as you want with billions of dollars <laughs> yeah, that's true <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right now it's time for ask the science couch where we've got listener questions for our couch of finally honed scientific minds this one comes from at maddie habel where did the phrase salt in a wound come from and why does salt make a wound hurt more well i imagine that the phrase salt in the wound." came from the fact that it hurts more. <laughs> but why, why that, that, that is an undeniable scientific fact I can confirm from having had salt in a wound. Yeah. Um, but why does it make it hurt more? I have a guess. But, Sarah, I would like you to confirm my guess. My guess is that uh, the salt in the wound actually destroys cells by uh, sucking water out of them and and breaking them. And that breaking of the cells is sensed by the nervous system, and the nervous system says, stop, I hate that, (laughs) with pain. Did I get it right?
2: That is a good guess, and also part of my guess. I couldn't find a scientist who was just like, this is why this happens, Mm. so I kind of cobbled together an answer. And that was one part of it that I was going to say, where it was like, I imagine it's just going to bust open your cells because it messes up the... Uh, concentration of salt in your body and your cells don't like it and so Mm -hmm. then they explode Um, so yes I think that's part of it I think part of it is has to do with concentrations being messed up or just like the salt physically rubbing into your cells and causing more abrasiveness in an already damaged area,
3: they're kind of sharp.
2: <laughs> yeah, they're pointy crystals. Yeah. I think another part of it has to do with your nociceptors, which are the sensory receptors that are associated with pain. Um, those are the things that get activated if, like, you touch something too hot or you pinch your skin. Um, they can be activated through lots of different things, like too high, too low temperatures, mechanical stimulation, but also chemical stimulation. So like an acid burn or something like that. Mm. Um, And from what I can tell in literature, this is where my biochemistry knowledge is very rusty. It seems like nociceptors. So the nerve cells that sense these kind of extreme stimuli and signal to your brain so that your brain says can interpret that signal as pain and tell you to stop doing the thing. Have chloride channels in them and have like sodium Potassium chloride channels, so not just sodium potassium channels in them. And so it's possible that because salt, table salt is sodium chloride, then the additional chloride is also activating Mm. them in some way or like changing the concentration um, in the way that these particular receptors sense things
1: so basically what we're saying is that that one of these ions probably the chloride ion itself is activating the pain receptor so even if no damage is being done pain is being felt and maybe that's why it like that pain is so immediate the moment Hmm. that salt hits the wound Mm -hmm. that that
2: is a much better way to phrase what i was (laughs) rambling about (laughs) it
1: does seem to happen really immediately like the moment the salt hits the wound it's like zing Like taste almost.
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It is mm-hmm. almost like
1: you're tasting the pain instead mm-hmm. of, yeah. Did you guys know that y- the inside of a of a person's penis has taste buds in it? The inside in of the- a
0: person's penis?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Why? The
2: t- t- No.
1: (laughs) Wait, yeah, yeah. I did actually know that.
2: Taste
3: buds?
1: I had seen that.
2: Does the rectum have taste buds as well? Oh, I bet. No. (laughs) As far as we
1: can tell, the only place outside of the mouth in the human body that has taste buds is the urethra of a person with a penis.
0: But why? Weird. Uh, Do you really want to know why?
1: Well, yeah, I think, you're,
0: I think you're already losing a point, so you might as well tell. Oh me. no! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just struggling to understand why you said that. Because so. uh, we're talking about taste
1: buds in your arm and to being able to taste <laughs> okay. salt with pain it's oh, the gosh, opposite maybe. it's it's that your uh, the inside of your penis can it's not taste exactly but it can sense the sugars in semen and it senses that with pleasure and so when you oh. ejaculate it's a signal of enjoyment so basically Weird. the inside of your dick can taste your jizz is what I'm saying <laughs> Uh, okay. Wait, your balls can't taste soy
3: sauce. Is that
1: no? No. That is. This is a fact I learned from Christy Wilcox because she did a bunch of research on whether your balls can taste soy sauce, <laughs> and they can't. But your dick can taste your jizz. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do I have negative one point, you guys?
0: Yeah, I think you have negative. <laughs> God, God, <dang> it. It.
1: <laughs> Sorry. Do you know if if there's any more depth to the uh, where this phrase came from?
2: It's basically what you were saying in, in both positive and negative ways. So salt water was often used as an antiseptic in the mid-1800s. People sailing on ships were like, I guess if I rub salt in my wounds, then it'll be a little bit better than if I don't. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Does that nowadays, actually
3: work? Because there's a lot of stuff in the w- o- ocean water, right?
2: Yeah. That's the problem, yeah. is there's a lot of stuff in the ocean water. So like if you have Feet wounds. I don't know why <laughs> feet in the ocean is my thing today, but uh, don't go wading in the ocean. Like, there are other ways. We have better medicine now to treat it. But, like, to some degree, there was a plastic surgeon that found that fighter pilots that had burns on their body and fell into the ocean healed better than ones that fell on land. Uh-huh. So, Whoa. there's something to Sailing Solutions helping with healing. Wow.
1: If you want to ask the Science Couch, you can follow us on Twitter, at SciShowTangents, where we will tweet out topics for upcoming episodes every week. Thank you to at LittleGrayfish, at and everybody else who tweeted us your questions for this episode. Sambuck final scores! Sari and Sam tie for the lead. I get nothing and Stefan gets one. Which means that Sari and Stefan (gasps) are tied for the season lead. Uh, yeah. Sam is one point behind and I'm just dragging up the, <laughs> the rear here. are like a couple points behind Sam though. And four points yeah. out of the lead. It's true. I guess One good episode in you're yeah. all right. All right. We'll see if it happens. Okay. If you like this show and you want to help us out, it's easy to do that. You can leave us a review wherever you listen. That's super helpful and helps us know what you like about the show. Second, you can tweet out your favorite moment from the episode. And finally, if you want to show your love for SciShow Tangents, just tell, tell people, people about, about us. It. If you want to listen to SciShow Tangents ad-free, you can do that on luminary thank you for joining us i've been hank green i've been sari riley i've been stefan chin and i've been sam schultz Social tangents is a co-production of complexly and the wonderful team at wnyc studios it's created by all of us and produced by caitlin hoffmeister and sam schultz who is also our editor our editorial assistant is Daboki chakravarti our sound design is by joseph tuna medish our beautiful logo is by hiroka Matsushima. and we couldn't make any of this without our patrons on patreon thank you and remember the mind is not a vessel to be filled but a fire to be lighted.
2: But one more thing. To survive in salt water, some marine vertebrates have salt glands that let them excrete excess salts so that they can drink salty water without being more dehydrated. Oh. In some birds and reptiles, these glands are located around their eyes or nostrils, oh. so it looks like they're snotting or crying goopy salt. But in sharks and rays and skates, the salt glands are in their rectum, Ooh. so their salt goop comes out their butts. Can they nice. taste it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, it's not the inside of a penis, so no. (laughs) It's beautiful.